it ain't gonna last. Cause I move slowly and baby I'm fast. I like it quiet and I love to shout. But when we get together, it just all works out. Take two steps forward, two steps back. We come together cause opposites attract. And you know, know, it ain't fiction. Just a natural fact. This song is so You've alarmed bad. my dog. Yeah. She's right. actually, she has gotten up from her sleeping place and is like, what is happening right now? That's right. I disturb dogs every day. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, I, you, I disturb dogs, Agnello. You says and MC Scat Cat. Yep. <laughs> MC Scat Cat. MC Scat Cat, who like, I'm terrified that my daughter is going to be like, can I have a stuffed animal with MC Scat Cat? I'm going to be like, honey, nobody wants MC Scat Cat in existence, but she loves the video. Well, because it's thinks, a cartoon cat dancing. Yeah, and Paula Abdul's really, like, I want to know who wrote that. And then who was like, yeah, this is what we're going to go with. We're going to go with these it was, lyrics. It was during that period of time in the 90s when they were trying to make, like, sexy, cool, adult Looney Tunes stuff. Like, oh, there was that. Yeah, yes. Who cool framed world. Roger Rabbit? Yeah, it was Cool World. Cool World. Like, cool World. <laughs> okay, no. okay, but, okay. We did it. Who Framed Roger Rabbit is a masterpiece. Oh, it's, it's masterpiece. a fantastic movie. Yeah. Uh, but every time it comes up on Netflix, I'm like, I look over, my son is watching it. I was like, I watched it when I was a kid. Let's watch it. My <laughs> wife's like, no, no, that's not a kid's movie. <laughs> well, no, it's not. If, no, because yeah. it's really scary. There's a it's sex really joke scary. in that. Like, it's, it's a scary. scary I haven't seen scary. it. Patty it's... Cake, and they're actually doing playing Patty Cake on the right, photos. Right. But... You know, yeah. and me being like six when I saw this, I had no idea. Yeah. And then, you know, you watch it again ten years later and you go like My mom <laughs> let me watch this, so I'm like, God. Oh. It's hey, all I, it's this a, this actually, God. believe it or not, relates to a a conversation I was having about the latest episode of Star Trek Discovery. Oh no shit. So okay, have you seen the latest episode? I've not. I've only I only watched okay. uh the third episode. Okay. Which, as of the last episode of... Hold on one second. Before, hold that thought. Okay, back it up. Back up. <laughs> Everybody, welcome to the continue podcast. Oh, right, sorry! <laughs> welcome to continue. Right. Uh, and like, this this is... We are so committed to our title and theme that we were literally just going to roll into <laughs> how we ended the conversation from the last episode. Uh, my name is Anthony John Agnello, and with me are my illustrious co-hosts, as always, Susan Arndt. I will just talk forever. <laughs> I really apologize. I and just talk and apologize. Staff Roberts, Dave Roberts. I don't apologize, but I talk forever. <laughs> <So>. Never apologize. <laughs> Never apologize. Uh, so yeah, all right. So Star Trek Discovery. We actually okay. ended the last episode talking about how Susan and I had a a a. Uh, gentle person's agreement yes gentle friends a gentle friend's agreement of of how we would watch some things i did watch it and you and i were texting as i was watching yes. the third episode i was very impressed but so the latest episode okay and it ties into christopher lloyd's it, crazy cartoon eyes it, it does it does okay so um you know i'm not gonna give away uh, huge plot spoilers or, or anything like that uh but keep in mind this is only available on the CBS app. This is not broadcast mm-hmm. on TV anywhere. And so they dropped two F-bombs. Whoa! What? Yes! Whoa! Yes! 
and you mean somebody said freaks right somebody said Jonathan <laughs> freaks it was freaks and ferengi yeah freaks bomb somebody said the freaks bomb they're dropping did, the freaks did, bomb did they're like swear shirt right that episode like did they Hold get on. the twitter guy that needs that needs to get out from my desk it's always on hand only only oh our backers who are watching this are what seeing is happening delighted painted jonathan freaks self published oh autobiography God. Hold on. Wait for the central center. The center pole. Stop. Wait. 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 What are you looking at? Wait. Where did you find this? This is. It's like. It's like bad watercolor. (laughs) All right. For everybody, every everybody who's like not watching this, we are flipping through a thing that I just keep on my desk at all times, (laughs) which is a self published biography of Jonathan Frakes in comic book form that is filled with luscious watercolor drawings oh, <laughs> of the Star Trek F-bomb himself. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Where did yep. you find this? Don't worry about it. So, <laughs> so, did you drop eBay again? <laughs> we told you, that don't was, do that. I want, I want to say flat out that was stone cold sober ebay no as it should be no 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 you see that you buy that yeah the the 12 step recovery program for drunk ebaying is step one admit that there's a higher power step two admit that that higher power is hand published jonathan frakes biographies (laughs) with watercolors wants you to own this all right, so they ju- so they See, say. Who says it? By the way, okay, what is the context for for saying the F word? Okay, here? so um, the the they're in engineering and they're trying to make something work, and they're 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 brainstorming and they they come to a realization and they're like, hey, if we do this, mm-hmm. it'll make the drive work. Mm-hmm. And uh, the 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 redheaded girl whose name I still don't know, um, uh, Michael's roommate. Says, this is so fucking cool, you guys. And then she immediately apologizes to the head engineer, the chief engineer, uh, because obviously that was an unprofessional thing. He's like, no, no, no. This is really fucking cool. Wow. So it, it, it is scene appropriate. And, huh. you know, the captain isn't there and the first officer isn't there. It's, it's just them. So it, it fits. But huh. now I'll, I have to say also in this episode, it is not... It is not, uh, it's not so blatant that a child would notice, but there's also reference to a female Klingon captain raping a prisoner. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, it's a, but if you're a kid, it's it's used in language that is veiled enough that sure. a kid's yeah. just going to pass right on by. That's fine. But F-bomb, you're going to notice. So uh, a friend of mine was saying like, hey, I mean, I'm an adult. I don't care. And I don't have kids, so I don't care. But Star Trek has always been a very family-friendly mm-hmm. show. Uh, you guys actually have children. Yeah. Albeit probably not the kind that would be, not the age that would be, uh, they are the kind, but not the age that would be watching Star Trek yet. Sure. So I was curious as to how you guys felt about that. Yeah, I mean, so as you and I were like ta- like live texting through my experience with yeah. uh, Star Trek Discovery, I, I you know as I said to you at the time, and as I said about you know what I liked about the Orville, is that Star Trek Discovery does sort of tap into that well of like really really interesting sci-fi premise. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I feel like we're not, you know, we're, we're a few episodes in at this point, so we can sort of talk about some of the premise stuff, but mm-hmm. one of the core tenets of this new series is that they're, you know, researching a, war- a new form of warp technology right. that's not called warping. It's, right. you know, it's instantaneous travel. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, apparition in, in Harry Potter lingo. If you want, or if you want to go old school, the stars, my destination, 60s sci-fi. It's, that's a good book, by the way. Go yeah. read that one. But, you know, I, I liked all that stuff. I really like the characters. Mm-hmm. But something that really kind of bothered me was how, like, clearly uh, Alex Kurtzman was sitting there in an office and as he was trying to convince Paramount to give him money was just like, Yo, dog, we're gonna battle star the shit out of this one! <laughs> like, yo, can we get Trisha Helfer to take her top off in this too? Yeah, dog! And I, like, I just want to be like, guys cool down with the battle star everybody's so cool and grown up aren't we awesome we can sit at a booth at tgi fridays without our parents watching like shut everyone's cool and awesome except for fat apollo (laughs) yeah that's true though that's just true yeah (laughs) fapalo fapalo uh man we can't even get into it at this point because we haven't started talking about Blade Runner, but, like, I almost stood up in the theater and I was like, Adama is back! And he doesn't have his fedora this time! Shit! Uh, But yeah, that's, like, and that's kind of how I feel about it as a parent. I love that Star Trek, in all of its many incarnations, does not shy away from very, very troubling human themes mm-hmm. of violence sexual violence uh warfare mm-hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder and it, it handles this stuff going <clears throat> all the way back like you go and look at those harlan ellison written episodes of the original series in season one hell uh, the, the original episode the pike episode is yeah. about a man being imprisoned and disfigured and you know uh, it, it's tough but it's all presented in a way that is safe for somebody as young as, you know, but you know, preteen, like yeah. a, under the age of ten years old. Yeah, you can watch this show and get everything out of it that there is to get out of it, and your appreciation of it will just mature. Whereas Star mm-hmm. Trek Discovery is just like. Only adults need apply, and by adult, I totally mean somebody that shops at Hot Topic, and then above. Hot Topic and up. <laughs> Which is also what it says on my business card. <laughs> I, I totally yeah. see what you're saying, and I can't even disagree with that. The, yeah. uh, the, the Battlestarification, I think, yeah. is a really good way to put it. Yeah. And... I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm very much of two minds about it. Yeah, yeah. I, well, there's one thing that we can absolutely agree on, Susan, and that it's nice to see Doom 3 Monster getting that work. Yeah. Getting that. Doom 3 Monster shows up in Star Trek Discovery. He flat out does. Just making does. that paper. Just making that yeah, paper. Yeah, he's like, man, I got alimony, bro. <laughs> Yo, I, gotta, I gotta do it. I gotta, that BFG edition ain't coming back. Uh, <laughs> I try. I tried to be like an unlockable in the Switch edition, but it's not they weren't having it. They're not letting me do it. Nope. Dave, how about you, man? Where do you like? I I know that you you're not a Star Trek guy at all. 
But you have kids at very, very different ages. You have, uh, you know, somebody who is in that, like, you know, just under 10 range and a very, very little kid. And I know you, I know you watch Mystery Science Theater with your baby, <laughs> uh, which is awesome. Uh, Dave, how, so the question for you is how do you approach, you know, sort of subject matter like this with your, your daughter who is in that sort of same age range that we were talking about, which is, you know, approaching, approaching teenager, but not quite there yeah, yet. It's like, it's, it's, I kind of go by the, that rule where it's like, you, you'll know it when you see it. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's just, it, it, something like Star Trek. Uh, deals with a lot of mature themes, but it does it in a way that is like, like you said, is presentable to a young audience, and I would, I would be cool with that. And if uh, Star Trek Discovery skews that way, even if they drop like an f bomb, like I think I would be cool with my daughter watching something like that. But sure, you know, I don't want her playing Grand Theft Auto. You know, <laughs> it's 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 um, but I also don't want I I also want her to not feel like I'm coddling her that mm. you know she's nine she's still young but i think that she can start to tackle heavier subjects and deal with uh those themes uh some of them in a young age like you know i i'd probably be cool with penny watching something like schindler's list which is like dark and r-rated oh, but it's yeah, historical it's and like grounded in in like real world events and there there is a drama there that i think that is because uh, i think i watched schindler's list when i was young because i was asking questions about the holocaust and my parents were like Let's go rent it and it yeah. was like it was it was dark and sad and traumatizing but it was also like you know you need to, to know and learn these things um, yeah. to process them but I will not watch uh, this new Star Trek in front of my son because he's at the young age of three where he'll just hear something and then just repeat then it just repeat it like, yeah. like he doesn't know what it means like okay so there's there's a Beatles documentary yeah. I really wish that in that scene when they drop the F-bombs I wish that like she turned and she was like I'm really sorry and then Jordy LaForge was just sitting there like shaking his head just like, <laughs> oh mm-hmm. wait you mean Jordy LaForge the guy who created an uh, a holographic version of Oof. the chick he was into. Man! And then, I, like, right? I love... But, like, any other show at that era would have stopped there and just been like, yep, that's a thing he did. Mm-hmm. And then that story ends with her finding out and being, yeah. like, gross. Yeah, but then doesn't the real one actually, like, go out to dinner with him at the end? No! No, no, no. Oh, like, okay. she, she's, she's, like... It's actually pretty cool because she she definitely says like we can be friends and professional but what as long as you know that that was completely wildly unacceptable yeah. in every way. Yeah. Super inappropriate. Let's you and I discuss the evil within. Yeah, let's talk about the evil within right now. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna save that for the end as we transition into our backer only subject just to do horror back to back. But sure, okay. So the Evil Within two, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if folks m- m- remember this, but <laughs> if you go to Metacritic for the original Me- Evil Within, uh, the two lowest scores in the world given to Evil Within are from Susan and myself. Is that still true? Still true. Still All to right. this day. Excellent. If you, yeah, I'm very proud of the yeah. fact because I hate that game and I that want it terrible. to suffer. 
Like the game <laughs> is awful. And you know, yeah. So here's the thing. Okay, so when I when I review your your score is lower than mine, right? Yes, it is. Okay, but like yeah. it's it's pure. The only reason mine is lower than yours is metacritic nonsense you know oh like, okay yeah it's okay. we're pretty so, much I in mean, the same area yeah i got oh my god i mm-hmm. got destroyed in the comments on twitter just just days and days and days of you know you're you, you don't know anything about survival horror you you know go back to your kitchen and all that all that stuff yes so my favorite one is still susan's a lesbian who doesn't enjoy games <laughs> Sure. That's like, why not? What? Why like, why not, internet? Sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh A, I feel very, very uh vindicated because so many people like now with the release of Evil Within, so many people are like, Yeah, that first one sucked. Man. Yeah. Like it was yeah. not good. So like, yeah, A, I told you that. And <laughs> B having played this second one, mm-hmm. I am now even more certain. Yes. How much the first one sucked. It really, I like. I don't. I don't know if you had the same arc as I did because I again, like, I I texted you as soon as I finished the first hour, which impressed me because the game opens with a an interesting gambit of all story and atmosphere for like sixty minutes with almost no action. Right, so uh, well, I'm like, this is garbage. Now, now, let just hear me out. So yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was like, at least there was a a tacit acknowledgement that what was happening in the first one didn't work presentationally. Yes, yes. and you know, and at least there was a stab at it, an original. A present, a representation of what should have been a clear premise in the in the first game, <laughs> like the second game yeah. starts up and it assumes that you understood that in the first game what was happening was not of the Umbrella Corporation, yeah, <laughs> the Mobius Corporation, not the Umbrella Corporation, totally not, totally not Umbrella, was Different. yeah, yeah, they were building a a f- computer framework. The Matrix, that, basically. That, the, basically the Matrix, that could connect human minds and yes. place them in a virtual world, and the crux, the fulcrum on which this dumb pendulum swung <laughs> was a, a uh, mad genius who was captured and kept in a sanitarium that you go to in the first game. None of that is clear in no. the first game. It no. is, it is no. not at all. Yeah. You know why none of that is clear? Because you are so busy going from tired ass horror trope to yes. tired ass horror trope with nothing stringing them together at all. At like you're you're in a quarry at one point. You're in a cemetery. You're in an abattoir. You're in a boiler room. Why? I don't know. Who cares? Horror know. movies. Camera sucks. And, you're, and... In, you're in hallways. You're you're just you're screwed. And it's just, it's all, it's all bad. It's all bad. Yeah. Like it's, it it literally looks like a fact sheet sent to foreign DVD distributors from Blumhouse. Yeah. That says like, you want an insane asylum where there are creepy (laughs) rusted wheelchairs filled with abandoned dolls that are kind of dirty? 
Yeah. You got it, dog. Are there any, like, I, so I got to, like, the second chapter of The Evil Within before I noped out because I yeah. realized I had better ways to spend my life than mm-hmm. Missouri. Uh, is there any, like, tinkling piano, like, small oh, yeah, children oh, singing God, yeah. lullabies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's there's plenty of creepy kids. You, cool, like, bro. Like, what seriously, do you, what do you want? <laughs> you whatever your go-to tired-ass horror thirteen-year-old would have would have thought it was original idea may be. It is crammed into the <laughs> evil within. Yeah, somehow, some way, somewhere. Yeah, and the the only saving grace, like if it had been even remotely competent at a gameplay level. Yeah. Which, which it is, is not. No. If it was even remotely competent at a gameplay level, then the sort of batshit insane uh, character who doesn't know what's going on just being pulled into mm-hmm. uh, absurd premise from abs- to absurd premise to absurd premise would Creepy have... Creepy villagers! Yeah, at least that would have been entertaining yeah. from a schlock level. Right, but right. but evil within is miserable at every second it is stopping you from enjoying yourself and and you know the, the way the best way to illustrate that is you know the the touchstone that tango game works with director of evil within Shinji Mikami clearly looked at and said we're gonna do it again for you Bethesda was Resident Evil 4 yep which yep. was the the last big horror game that Shinji Mikami directed before working on The Evil Within. And you and, can tell. And you can tell. But when you play Resident Evil 4, when you go back to the GameCube version of Resident Evil 4, it is you are looking over this person's shoulder, you have to stop to shoot, and everything in the game is built around that mechanic, and your mobility, in or lack of mobility, in using it. Which is villagers progress at you slowly to a point and then they get pretty fast. Or there are things that slide along the ground and they move just a little bit faster than you can aim. Everything is very considered, whereas in The Evil Within, from the get-go, you are looking at enemies that are nine billion times more agile than you and there's no clear way how you can interact with them. Like, you'll just start banging on the melee button which is the same as in Resident Evil. You have a little knife that you could use to knock them back. Sometimes it connects with the enemies. Other times, it literally looks like your character is swiping at something that's just in another game. Like, <laughs> he's having visions. Right. There's, a, there's so, a thing over here. All of that is the original Evil Within 1. That's, that's Evil Within 1. Yeah, yeah. Evil Within 2 is at least... Better than that. <laughs> okay. Evil Within 2. Now, I I really enjoy Evil Within 2. I mean, yes. I am really, there's, really digging it. There's fun. However, the combat, the movement, the combat, anything, the actual gameplay, garbage. It's garbage. Better garbage than the first one. Yes. It is, but it's still complete garbage. Yeah. But, um... The story now is is genuinely interting. You, mm-hmm. uh, you, the the corporation that is absolutely not Umbrella. <laughs> uh, they're not. They're not. They're totally not. They're totally not. Um, See, no, Umbrella Corporation's logo is red and white. Yes. Mobius's logo is white and red. Exactly. <laughs> right. It's completely yeah. different. It's completely different. 
So you thought your daughter died in a, in a house fire, and you've been drinking yourself to death as a result of the guilt. Oh, nope. She was just kidnapped by the corporation that is not Umbrella, who are using her as the core of their new matrix. Mm-hmm. So, but they've lost contact with her. They sent in some po- folks to to go get her. They're lost too. So they're like, look, we need your help. We need you to go into the matrix and see what's up. And the, the construct that they have made to house all these mines is a town called Union. So all the mines that are in this matrix are all represented as people who live in this town. <laughs> all so, of the mines in this town, all the mines in this machine are stuck in Alan Wake. Yes, and they, <laughs> yeah. and they can't get out of Alan Wake. <laughs> entirely accurate. That's absolutely true. Um, and and lots of them look exactly alike because there aren't that many character models. But, <laughs> uh, but the the act of exploring the town, you'll have side quests that you can do or not. You have a communicator that picks up on signals mm-hmm. that you can use to. Uh, find memory resonances. It's things that happen to the townspeople and you'll, you'll see their final moments. Uh, but you don't have to. You could just critical path it, just go do exactly what you need to do to, to try and find your kid. But I really, I'm enjoying the story a great deal. I like the villain. The villain is a trope. I'm not going to pretend he isn't. But he's he's a well done trope. Oh, you mean not Hannibal? I mean not Hannibal. <laughs> not Hannibal. Not And this, this, yeah, this isn't a spoiler for anybody. But because in the very first five minutes of the game, you meet the villain who fancies himself an artist. Do you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right at the beginning in that intro when you're walking through the gallery in the first hour. Because you go into the very beginning of the game when the cutscenes stop are you are introduced to the machine that you go inside which is the STEM machine. Yeah. And I really wish somebody told Tango Gameworks that STEM refers to an international educational effort yeah. to get women into engineering. Yeah. But anyway, when you go into the STEM system, you wake up in a, a mansion that is also a sort of gallery where you meet the core villain of the game. Oh, I have zero memory of that. I don't really remember anything until you get to your office. Until you get to your office. All right, yeah. Yeah. So, um, really, yeah, not Hannibal. And he, he, he's, he's making, uh, his grand expression. He's Sander Cohen. Yeah. He's a nastier Sander Cohen. And I'm on board for that. Mm -hmm. Uh, so. The tropiness works in this game's favor where it didn't in the original. Right. Well, the, because the original had had nothing at its core. It was yeah. just strung together tropes that you move between. This has a story. It's a coherent story. It's a story that has, you know, characters who have functions beyond <laughs> trying to kill you. Right. And I feel like it's acknowledging the tradition of Japanese horror mm-hmm. while not feeling like a slave to it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you've got um, the one of the one of the enemies is this this woman this female character that's been cobbled together from various corpses and she has a giant saw blade for an arm and she chases you around now that's a that's a classic japanese horror villain but the rest of the game but it's not like you have to hit her three times and then she and then the saw blade falls off like it's not like that yeah yeah that first time and again like this isn't I mean, a little bit of a spoiler warning. We're going to talk about stuff that's in a horror game. So if you want to just be totally surprised, but 
honestly, Evil Within isn't. Evil Within Two isn't that kind of horror game. It's really not. No. Like this, this it's is a thriller. If it is, if it was a movie, it would be a thriller. Yeah, it's this isn't a direct one to one correlation, but it will help you to think of this as aliens to the original's Alien, like you know, a, a more explicit and less atmospheric, more action. Yeah, okay, I would agree with that. I would agree. With you that. know, like okay. like yeah. and, and to the to the extent of. Instead of being one guy totally out of his element, he's now surrounded by pseudo-military dudes with heavy ordnance all the time. Also uh, out of their element. Yeah, also out yeah. of their element. Yeah. I, yeah. The other... If you want a sort of a touchstone for how this all flows, too, Susan, you were talking about how like you can explore the town mm-hmm. and do side missions. Um, as you were saying in it's sort of going back to Japanese horror game tropes. Uh, it, this feels a lot like the original Silent Hill. Oh God. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Very much so. Very, very, much, very much so. And not like in the way not that as it's smart, not as smart. Well, but yeah, also it's, not as obtuse. Exactly. It's much less abstract. It's not, yeah. this is not impressionistic horror in right. the tradition of, and like, honestly, that's what the original evil within was going for. That sort yeah. of impressionistic, uh, Suda 51, Killer 7, Ugh. Silent Hill, etc. Style of like, what's really happening? Is yeah. this a commentary on humanity or is it an actual plot? It does away with that and it's it's more explicit. But in terms of the town, you get a chunk of town and mm-hmm. you're sort of free to go through it. And I actually have never played this game. Uh, the last Silent Hill game that was made by the Russian studio Silent Hill Downpour for mm. PS3 I'm told and 360. It's actually good. I'm told it's actually good and apparently this like like part of the reason I avoided that was Konami was like it's open world Silent yeah. Hill and I was like bye. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But apparently this is structurally like almost identical. People keep saying oh it's like Silent Hill downpour but it works. Yeah. And it's cool. It's it's really cool to it's dumb. Like let's let's not Let's not mince words. The Evil Within 2 is, like, dumb. And nothing embodies that quite like its hero, Sebastian. Mm. Who, God, Sebastian's the worst, Susan. I know. He really is. The uh, the story is so much fun. Like, it's schlocky, schlocky horror. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Sebastian is awful. (laughs) He's... His little one note. His little... (laughs) And he doesn't ever shut up. No. No, like, and, and no, it, he doesn't. I, I understand. I think, I think at some point somebody told Tango, oh, Sebastian was kind of a cipher and he wasn't much of a character in the original. Can you try to make him more of a character? And then they tried to say, what if Nathan Drake, but scary movie? Yeah. And it's so I'm going to I'm going to sum him up this way. At a certain point in the game, this is not a spoiler without without context. This is not a spoiler. Sebastian decides he needs to destroy a painting that is hanging on the wall. So he takes out this enormous hunting knife, looks at the painting and says, I'm going to stab the shit out of you. <laughs> Just wait, 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 wait. He says those words. Yes, yeah. he does. In that yes. order. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. That 
that is Sebastian in a nutshell. Welcome um, aboard, Dave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But here, okay. Before we go any further, I must discuss the biggest issue I have mm. with Evil Within 2. So the they gave you a safe construct where you can, you can you know, uh, 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 regroup if you've been hurt in battle stuff. And it's modeled after your office because you're a cop and it's modeled after your office. And it's a place where you can view your collectibles and, and upgrade and, and all that stuff. So it serves a function, which is great. There is a cat in this office. <laughs> you cannot pet the cat. Mm-mm. The cat sits there and meows at you. The entire time you are in the office. The cat brings you presents. Mm-hmm. You cannot pet the cat. Mm-mm. This is bullshit. Yeah. And he has creepy red eyes. He's adorable. <laughs> and and at one point, he like there's a slide projector and he sticks his head in front of the projector and starts taking a bath. <laughs> and there's a little shadow kitty. And it's awesome. You cannot pet this cat. And yeah. that is a crime. That's I like... The cat is one of a few touches... Where, like, Sebastian is not a human being. He doesn't no, behave not. like a human being. <laughs> no. They failed miserably at trying to humanize they, him. They really but, did. But they at least humanized the world a little bit. Like, I yeah. like that the cat's yeah. there. Um, the the other characters that you run into, who you talk to in, like, sort of, like, faux Mass Effect, uh, BioWare mm-hmm. dialogues, at least are good stock characters from a thriller right. scenario. Like, you could see this, like, it's like, oh, you guys escaped a Blade sequel and you made your way here. Awesome. I'm glad you're safe. Uh, And I, like, that's very nice. Like, my, so I like the cat and I like that in, when you go, you find safe houses like every survival horror game ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Places where you can save your game, heal, etc. Right. And in these, one of the things that it does for resource management is uh, your your health restorative items are don't fill up a lot of life at the beginning of the game. You have to upgrade the effectiveness of health items, which I hate. I hate the upgrade system because why? Why? Why would suddenly medicine work better because you put some numbers in other numbers, Shh. people within? Stop. Don't don't worry about it. Anyway. <laughs> Don't worry it's about it. It's a video it. game, dude. Uh, yeah, yeah but Resident Evil was fine. Just, just have a health dude, system. Dude, 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 keep in mind, he's not in the physical world. I know, This I know, is a construct. Not, I know, really. So okay. he, he's not putting, he's not taking medicine, he's changing ones and zeros. Yeah. <sighs> Get a Okay, so, <laughs> I like, though, in the safe houses, that if you can... You can use it, and then it takes a while for it to fill back up. Like, you can't just go back in. There are coffee pots. Yeah. And you can pour yourself a cup of coffee. Yeah. And take a sip, and that will fully max out your health. And then, like, it's done for half an hour. Like, you can't just abuse it. Yeah. Which is... That is super, like, old-school Japanese game design. I love that. It's such a beautiful touch. It's such a beautiful touch. And it almost makes up for the fact... That the first time Sebastian steps into Union, he walks into a street by himself and says out loud, it's too quiet. <laughs> yeah. Shut up! You're in the Matrix, you dumbass! It's not even the real Who cares yeah. that it's too quiet? Why yeah. would you say that out loud? Yeah. Why? <laughs> There's no reason to say that out loud, Sebastian, you dum-dum. I... <laughs> 
Yeah. I'm gonna call you. I'm gonna call uh, you Seb. You're Seb forever. You're, Seb. Yeah. But okay. So the, the combat is gar- garbage. I highly recommend turning it down to casual mm-hmm. uh, because the the combat is not the point of the game. I will say, it ta- if you are a person who like me goes and finds everything, then playing on the easier setting does remove the the victory feel of mm. tracking down like the cache of shotgun shells or, or what have you. It, it does diminish that enjoyment, but as soon as you run into one of the bullshit boss fights, you will thank me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh and my like, god, I'd be doing this for a half hour otherwise. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, the strike against Evil Within, like, I'm really glad I'm not reviewing this game. Yeah. Like, I don't, like, I don't have to put a score on it, because at the end of the day, the combat is still, A, a huge percentage of your time. Like, this is 40% yeah. of the game. And nine times out of ten, it's not challenging. It's no. not, uh, you know, it's not tension building. It's just a hassle. It's just it's a chore. It's, it's a, a chore. chore. You're yeah. getting in the way of the things that are interesting about your game. And yeah. the things, the things that were broken about the the first game are still broken. One of the very first things that happens in the game when you're in Union. Uh, again, spoiler warning, so skip ahead a couple of minutes if you don't want to hear this. There's a church in Union. And you can go in the church, and Sebastian walks in, and there's a, a priest who's saying some shit. And I, immediately, like, the priest... It, it's literally the exact same transformation sequence from Resident Evil 4. Shot yeah, for shot. Is. The first time you see a villager turned into a Ganados in Resident Evil 4, they shove the thing in his mouth, and he's like, back... You know, with his head thrown back and he's screaming at the air, it happens with the priest. And it's like, okay. But then the priest is a monster and he's right in front of you. You're going to get damaged no matter what. Yep, there's that's no, true. There's, there's nothing you can do. You're trapped. And it's because of the camera. It's because yep. of the way the shooting works. It's because of the crap melee. And it's just like, guys, have somebody out or just... Just copy Resident Evil, right? <laughs> just, 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 you know, it's really funny though. Um, I so you don't have to go into that church at all. That's oh one yeah. Of the things I, I, I like about the game is that there are all these pockets of activity that you don't have to engage with. I did not, uh, hit that church until four hours into the game. Me too. Same I thing. Did basically, the entire rest the whole, of that. The whole village. And then I was walking somewhere, and I'm like, oh my god, there's a church. I haven't been in there. I'm going to guess I should go in there because it's a church and a horror game. And the whole at that point, like, he's asking for forgiveness because he's killed one of these monsters. And at that point, I've been fighting these things for four hours, and I'm like, bitch, get up. Like, come on. Why are you even, like, really? This, this is what you're upset about? Yeah. Uh, so it loses a bit of the impact. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, it's it's hard to, it's hard to give it or like thumbs up. Go try this if you're oh, interested. Oh no, no, no! I disagree. You, you think? I, I absolutely think people should play it. It's, yeah. You know, it, if you find the combat enjoyable, great. God bless. Yeah. Go shoot things. That's fine. Um, but even if that it doesn't appeal to you, I think the story is a is a good, fun Halloweeny story. I think there's it's a good thriller. There, there's there's enough interesting stuff going on mm. to because I mean this time of year you want something in that with yeah. that emotional tone, and I think this this fills in uh, very well. Um, 
Stefano's artwork is mwah. I love it. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I'm not going to say what it is because you really want to experience it. And, uh, you know, I, I, I would definitely recommend it to people. Yeah. That, that said, if you can get it, like, on sale, that'd be great. Right. Or maybe just rent it. Uh, yeah. Well, I guess I guess my caveat is if you want a horror game that is a new horror game like, yes. for Halloween and you haven't played Resident Evil 7 this year. Yes. Don't play The Evil Within 2. Or, or Observer, jeez. <laughs> or Observer, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, there are it's just, there are, there are better options, but if you, if you've, exa- there are better options. If you've exhausted, like, all yes. of the new horror that is out there. I mean, let's, let's agree. The, if you want a horror game and you haven't played Until Dawn, stop listening to us. Oh, yeah. Immediately go get Until Dawn and play that because and it is genius. Play it twice. Like, play yeah. it, play it many times or, because uh, Until Dawn is... The best. Untold Stories is, is another good one too. Because what is Untold Stories? It's like uh, it was. Uh, it came out of a game jam last year. It was the the House Abandoned was the game. Uh, it was like a free game, like a 10-15 minute thing. It's like you're doing a text adventure on a computer, and then weird things start happening the further you get into the text adventure. And it's like you're playing the text adventure on a virtual computer on your computer and there's like a desk. Oh, yeah. I played that and it was very yeah. good. Yeah. And so then they they made an entire like sh- sort of a short story anthology uh where each each adventure is like a little bite-sized horror experience like one is in the arctic so you have to do a bunch of like like messing with radio dials to to triangulate signals and like you know bad stuff starts happening. Another one is like you have to fiddle with a bunch of switches on this machine and this like weird artifact is inside and you're like making weird stuff it's it's really cool it's like 10 bucks on steam published by devolver go get that too that's a good one is it dave you are i i would say yeah even more so even more so than you susan like your your domain is definitely weird ass mobile games but i think that dave is the purveyor of like weird ass indie games oh i agree completely yes We rely on Dave for this to tell us about, like, hey, man, did you hear about this cool indie shit? It was an indie but, like, only in a back room, and it's, like, only on Steam. <laughs> it's true. It's totally true. It's, it's inspired from by James two, Joyce's Ulysses. C- it's really cool, you guys. <laughs> it's no. fucking awesome, man. It's got, like, a weird pixel style and kind of chip tuny soundtrack, but not a really chip tuny soundtrack. <laughs> uh, and Susan's tuned out. But, yeah, I, 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 I say this all with love. Um... You, this is a topic we've actually covered on the show before, but you've, you've, it's been reinforced for you yeah. in a flood of new titles that, like, if you are looking for this sort of off-the-beaten-path type of game, the Switch is your business yeah. right now. Yeah, so, like, I was uh, on a business trip, uh, we went to the Genie Convention in Florida, uh, Magic, Magic for Days. And I was like, Magic for days. and, uh, like I brought my switch along, um, just to, you know, cause like I'd never taken it on a trip before. And I was like, oh, let's see how this thing holds up. And like the battery pack that I got for it was perfect. It was like, it was great. It was like an amazing experience. Like I, I was worried that I was just going to be really disappointed taking this thing along and the battery wouldn't charge fast enough or like whatever. Like that was great. Uh, and then while we were there, uh, Stardew Valley came out mm. on the eShop. And that, like, once they announced that that was coming to Switch, it was just like, <gasps> when's Stardew Valley coming? And then it finally came. Uh, so I downloaded that on uh, our hotel Wi-Fi password guest username guest. Uh, and then... That really bothers you for some reason. It's just, like, like 
I don't know. Change the password. <laughs> Literally anything. Anything at all. Uh, but then uh, Axiom Verge also came out on the eShop that same day. And I was like, oh, I haven't played that in a while. And like, I just, I was sitting there in my hotel room and just kind of like enjoying Sturdy Valley, but I wanted something else to p- cleanse the palate. And I was like, mm. okay, I'll buy this. I'll play it again. And yeah, like Axiom Verge is, uh, like, if you like Metroidvanias, it was made by one dude over the course of a year. It's got a real slimy, like, Thomas slimy feel to Tommy it. Hap. Yeah, like, it's like, He's it's say, like, like, that's, huh? you're saying slimy like it's a good thing, and I don't understand. No, it's, oh, yeah, it's, it's slimy, slimy, it's like slimy in a good way. Yeah, it's, oh, 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 okay, okay. But okay. it's like, it's, it's, sli- it's slimy like Alien, but it's all done in a, in a way that looks like, the way that you remember NES games played and and sounded, even though they sounded and looked nothing like this. Um, But yeah, that's really cool. And then uh, last week I got a code for uh, Flame in the Flood, which is a game that uh, Anthony, back when we were uh, doing stuff with Games Radar, he had one of the devs on for the, was the Xbox One release? Mm -hmm. Yeah, the, the very first release of Flame in the Flood when it came to Xbox One. And it's just, it, that's another one that's just, uh, that's a small, yeah, like, like uh, just a few people made that game. And if you're not familiar with Flame in the Flood, the best way to describe it is, uh, what if Coraline was the long dark? Yeah. That is. Yeah, that's, that's oh, actually in. perfect. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh. so, yeah, I don't really, uh, we've talked about this before, like the whole crafting survival thing. Like, I get why people like it, but it's just one of those things where... But you have no taste, right? No, we no, have I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, like, I realize that it's it's not necessarily the act of the crafting and the survival. It's just that sometimes games try to do too much with it, and it's just, it's mm. really overwhelming for me. Uh, whereas Flame in the Flood, I think, uh, well, it does two things. One, it focuses the experience down. Um, to where it's like, so the premise is, is that you're this girl, you find a radio in a backpack and it's, it's got a signal. So, uh, you, it's supposedly like the end of days, I think like the, there's really mm-hmm. not a whole lot of explanation. There's a story, but you're supposed to infer a lot of it based on like signs that you see or little bits of lore that pop up as you explore the world, this like procedurally generated, uh, world, uh, huge floods have just filled the country like the american south and yeah you find this radio that has a signal so you're like well i need to find out what the signal is so you uh collect some materials you get your dog and you hop on a raft and you head down river and the goal is to like you move down river and you avoid obstacles and then you'll see every now and then you'll see spots that you can stop at kind of like you know like a oregon trail type of thing where it's like oh you can choose to stop at this place or it's like well i need to get uh to a different location that has a different set of resources or maybe some shelter uh so i'm going to skip that and go to the next one and yeah so you just you stop um in these little forested areas or these little rundown towns that, that nobody lives in anymore you grab what you can uh try to find whatever items you can and keep moving that so you're always on the move you're not building up anything you're just picking up supplies Mm. and booking it so it drills down the experience of survival to do i have food do i have water am i rested do i have enough materials to keep my boat uh in shape um and 
can I craft anything to protect me from the elements? So like better clothing, more insulated clothing. So it is very long dark. Yeah, it's very it's it is it's it, it's long darky as hell, but very bite sized. Yes, it's very very yeah, slim yeah, down. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that like there are only a handful of things that you have to worry about, a handful of ingredients that that blossom out in interesting ways, but it's still like you know you're building traps to capture rabbits and then you can create box traps uh to capture live rabbits or you can Mm -hmm. create larger traps to snare boars uh eventually you'll fight bears like you can't there's no weapons in the game you basically have to craft traps uh in order to defeat the the few like actual predators that show up in the game at least uh, as far as I'm in right now. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's just, it's a highly focused game about always being on, on the move. And um, like, it looks really cool. And it, the other thing that, that this game does, and like, like what interests me about the long dark too, is that there's, there's a goal. There's an end point. You have an objective. You want to get down as uh, this river to make it to the end and find out what's on the other end of the signal uh, on the radio. And like, uh, cause I've tried playing games like uh, what's uh, don't starve or like even Minecraft mm. and stuff where it's just like, you have all of these options and all these things that you can do. And I just look at it and go, why, why do I care? Why do I and it, like, if you find joy in that, like, like my daughter loves Minecraft and she makes hours of fun on her own. And that's great. But like, when I sit down to a game, it's like, give me something to work for and mm-hmm. I'll do it. Which is why I really liked Dragon Quest Builder. So Flame in the Flood has that too. And, mm-hmm. um, but here's the thing. Like, I've had that game on my PC for months now. I got it from a Humble Bundle. Like, I subscribed yeah. to Humble Bundle. Like Monthly. a year and a half yeah, at this for point. for a while. Yeah, I've had this thing. And I never played it. I always wanted yeah. to. But it's just like just the sitting down on my computer and looking at my big ass list of Steam games that I have and, you know, having analysis paralysis or just even the mere act of sitting down at my PC to carve time out to play games on my computer is tricky for me. But once Mm -hmm. it was on Steam, it was like, oh, I'll give this a shot booted it up and like yeah i've been playing it for hours and i'm gonna keep playing it because it's like it's right there and that uh kind of segues into uh sort of a topic that i i, I think that i, I want to dig into a little bit more is that it seems like like indies are finding huge success on the switch uh, in ways that i don't think that uh, a lot of people were expecting so like i compiled a few uh, quotes here from various independent developers and like tweets and stuff that they've made about the success that they found on Switch. Um, so from a Kotaku article today, uh, they interview. They got a quick quote from the one of the lead developers of SteamWorld Dig Two. It says the Switch version of SteamWorld Dig Two is doing many, many times better than any of the platforms. Uh, Interesting. MVC UK uh, got a quote from the Flame and the Flood developers said, Indeed, it's fair to say it's had its best ever day on any console since we've been publishing it. This is launch day. Beating any other format we have launched on. It's done just mm. under half of our full, first full month forecast in a day. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah. Gama Sutra interviewed um, the Wonder Boy developers. Uh, and the the quote there is more copies of Wonder Boy on the Switch uh, have been sold than the three other platforms we released on combined. Uh, Tom Hap, who made Axiom Verge, 
who released on the same day as Stardew Valley. So like like him having any success at all uh, on the day. Yeah, of and, the a t- and a and a two plus year old game. Yeah, like a, a game that's on every platform under the sun. Yeah, and and launching up against a game that like again it was also on PC. But, like, people have been anticipating this on Switch because they're like, oh, yeah, this is a game on Switch. Uh, Switch, uh, Axiom Verge, seems to be selling quite well day one, even considering all the other games releasing today. What a great console. Uh, the Neurovoider de- uh, devs, which is, like, a small um, uh, top-down roguelike twin-stick shooter thing, uh, tweeted out, I can't share any number from our Switch launch, but one month after, what I can tell is one month uh, equals lifetime Steam. Uh, which oh which uh, is twelve shit. months of release, wow. which is twelve months of release, of uh, on Steam plus six months of early access. Yeah. Oh my god. So man, what is happening? Okay, but but <laughs> yeah. here's a fair question, though. We all know what one of the major problems with Steam is discovery. Right. Yeah. It's not a problem on Switch. I mean, not only just because there isn't as much to, to yeah. go through, but also everything is just laid out so yeah. beautifully. I uh that's got to have something to do with it. I well so the last time we talked about this we were talking about how discovery was the big thing that was I think, in the Switch's favor. Yeah, I think this was in our lost episode, the one that was Yeah, this Oh yeah, no, oh, this is. Yeah, okay. this is on our lost second episode where we talked about uh this the indie powerhouse of the Switch and we talked about how that the layout of the eShop on Switch is so beautiful and I mean like at the time this is just a couple of months ago now. And it was still at that place where it was like, oh, well, there's still only, you know, a a couple dozen games on the Switch eShop. And in a very short amount of time, that is no longer true. Like, there are a lot of games. Yeah, like, the the day that that Golf Story came out, I think it was like 18 or 19 games. 18 or 19 games. So, the, the. I would say that Discovery is easy because it's so clean, and that's still certainly a part of it. But I, I'm starting to suspect that a bigger benefit uh, with the Switch's eShop than even just like visual discovery is the fact that buying something on the Switch eShop is easier than using any other store, any other digital store that I can think of. Like it's even yeah. easier than using the App Store. It's, it is, here is the thing. I want the thing. Do you have a credit card already in there? You're done. And it installs so fast on that machine. Whereas, you know, if you want to get something from Xbox Live or the PlayStation don't, Store, don't even like, don't even yeah. like. You have to you have to open the app, and then you're gonna look at some goddamn picture of a Kevin Hart movie, and then <laughs> and you're it's gonna really scroll down to another menu, and it's another fucking Kevin Hart movie, <laughs> and then you like it, to find. Every single time I know that there's a PSN-only game that I want to find, like, you have to spend, like, ten minutes trying to find the new games that have come oh, out. Forget, you just, it, you have to search for something by name. You forget have it. to search for something by you name. You have to. You can't, you can't just browse, and Steam oh, and is even worse. you have to figure out, okay, which is the game, which is the theme, which is the DLC, which is the, I don't know, the trailer or whatever. And so, so that it doesn't matter if you want the most specific game in the world. I want game number one made just for Anthony today. Yeah. If I search that specifically, no matter what, there are going to be five results 
for dead or alive costume packs <laughs> in there as well. <laughs> I would be like, how did they know to call it that? But it's a fucking mess. And if yeah. you go like Steam, man, I like oh, I, Steam is a quagmire. It, it just is. I I have my gaming PC is no different than a console. It's set up with the other consoles by my main gaming television. I think I play games on Steam maybe once every three or four months, if yeah. that. And the, the reason is, is, it's a pain in the ass. It doesn't matter, like, even if you just buy something straight from the developer, like, it is not conducive to anything. Whereas if you turn on your Switch and you're like, I'm just going to see what there is. You're going to find yeah. something that looks mildly interesting and you're going to be able to be playing it in less than two minutes, which yeah. is astounding. Well, and, it does have to download. Right, it has to download. But with a lot of these indie games, I mean, Stardew, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stardew Valley was on like, activated on my Switch within within ten minutes. Like yeah. it was it done, and uh, yeah, I, like I think that's a huge. I think that's a. I think that's the biggest piece of that pie. Yeah, honestly. yeah, for sure. And like it, I remember when I first got my Switch. And just the the only thing that came to mind was just how fast it was, like yeah. the UI was just so fast, it was so clean. You just like like from it makes sense from boot up to in a game was seconds. Yeah, and and, and like you said, like yeah. just the ability to go on a store, see exactly what you want, and get it um, mm-hmm. helps. But the the thing, the other thing though, is I wonder, do you think that like the way that Nintendo strategy is right now, I guess, which is just, um, like, it seems really weird because they have, they have their, their Nintendo games, like Super Mario Odyssey is going to be huge this month, right? Like, there's no oh, question about God. that. It's insane. Um, and they have some third party support, like they have NBA 2K, they have like, you know, Doom's coming out in November and I'm sure that will do well. They've been hyping up Skyrim, but like, other than that, like you know, there's no virtual console uh, mm-hmm. right now. Well, um, I, that's that, I, that's that's there's there's it's hard to say that there's no virtual console. It's the best damn Neo Geo virtual right. console in the land. <laughs> this is true, <laughs> but like I I just I wonder if it's like because like the Nintendo games come about once a month. Uh, mm-hmm. The AAA games are a little bit farther between than that. So these indies are taking, you know, they're filling the gaps. It was like the strategy that Sony had um, when uh, they were talking about how much they love developers, we love indies, all this stuff, we're going to hype up these these indie games. But the thing is, is that a lot of these games just, they get announced, and then they're, like, within days they're up on the store, and they're selling like crazy. Like, I, I mm-hmm. wonder, do you think that, like, because of the way that the switch is hot right now um, in a way that like i i don't think we've seen since i i don't even remember the playstation 4 being this this crazy like was it this crazy it's different it's uh, different, yeah, different. but like even then like they they were hype like sony was hyping up indie games and i did not see any like any of the same kind of fervor around those games than i, I am yeah, for because, these yeah. because, no they did not get the kind of respect Mm-hmm. It, the people who were who were super into indie games uh, for the PS4 were the kind of people who were already into into indie games. I don't T- think the PS4 did all that much by way of bringing anybody new. 
yeah. to that particular table, whereas I do feel like Switch is. Okay. And there there were, it's so weird, like, I think about that first six months of the PlayStation 4, and this is back when Susan and I were at Joystick, in those first few months, covering the PlayStation 4 was you had to keep an eye out for whatever was going to be the big indie that mainstream game people, like the Assassin's Creed crowd in those first six months of PS4 would discover an indie game and when it hit PS4 and it would be enormous. Don't right, Starve right. was enormous. And there was just this enormous hunger for that because it was a, a crowd that hadn't really encountered that sort of thing before. And it was alone. Like there wasn't much coming out for PlayStation 4. And it wasn't even like Switch where you were getting dumps of like six, seven games on a given day there'd be like one thing that week and it was don't starve or it was right. outlast or it was towerfall and they were really big but by the end like so if that's like february of 2014 by july 2014 when the destiny beta came along nobody gave a shit about indie games on playstation 4 anymore they were like bring me that wolfenstein dog yeah, bring me the yeah. bring me the big guns but you know, I like like Resogun and Don't Starve was the hotness, the hot shit, the hot yeah. shit. But they and were alone. They were what? What was House Mark's game after that? Oh, oh god, Dead Nation. Dead no, yeah. Dead Nation was before. Oh, that was PS3, before yeah. Resogun. They put it on PS. Um, there is. <laughs> I feel really bad. I like. Uh-huh. I love House Mark. I love. I know. No, Resogun kicks that's ass. Illustrating my point. Yeah. Like yeah. everybody with a PS4 has Resogun. Yeah. But Yeah. I I I think the other thing that is worth paying attention to is that much as they always do, Nintendo says, Well, we're not competing with everybody else. We're gonna do our own thing and create our own audience. And sometimes that's bullshit. With the N64, that was bullshit. With the the Wii U, that was bullshit. They wanted the Assassin's Creed crowd. They wanted those people. But with like Wii, DS, and I think now Switch, they were like, we want our own crowd. And that crowd for the Switch is is an audience that is really, really interested in games, really, really interested in spending money on games. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's... Uh, the the younger generation of people that have been favoring uh, their phone and their PC rather than a PlayStation and an Xbox are going to the Switch mm-hmm. because it's got the games that are sexy and it's really easy to use. Yeah, and I think that, like, too, is, like, with the PS4 and the Xbox One, there was this expectation of the, you know, the graphical arms race, right? Sure. Um, where, you know, you would see a game like Super Motherload, which was this, like, you know, not quite pixel art, but definitely it wasn't taxing the hardware. And you go, like, why did I just spend $400 on a thing that plays, you know, quote-unquote phone games? And, like, as disingenuous as that statement is, like, that's how people felt. And I Mm -hmm. wonder if that, too, is that, like, because the Switch is the system that is valuing its uh, form factor and uh, the experience of playing... um, games on the go over graphical fidelity that people are starting to see these games as games and not as like 
Mm. Yeah, like, 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 like the thing that you maybe like. You go, oh, no, oh, oh, because no one's buying a Switch to 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 play fucking Destiny Two or like I I want <laughs> right. I want to play Doom on the Switch, but I'm not like I didn't buy a Switch to play Doom. Super maxed out on <laughs> yeah, all ultra specs. Oh my god, because the ability of my computer is equivalent to the ability of my penis. <laughs> I genuinely. By the way, yeah. gang, that is what every woman hears when you start talking about how rad your computer is. Okay, Susan, like Susan. we get it. Your rig, your rig. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. Fake I want to hear about how sweet your rig is. Yeah, yeah, and yes, obviously there are women out there who also have really sweet, sweet rigs. Yes, we know. We're not impressed by yours either, honey. <laughs> we don't care. Stop. Yeah, nothing says psychological micro penis like saying the word rig in I, earnest. I just, just, just stop. It's this is this is up there with with your car. I don't give a shit what your car is. <laughs> stop it. Nobody cares. Are Are you guys as confident as I am? Like, I think that we've been moving in this direction for about four years now. And I don't, I don't think that, like, I can say 2017 The three is... of us forming our own nation state? Yes, yeah, I think like, we are... this is it. Welcome to Mother Flag. Base. We're gonna start Welcome to... <laughs> Welcome to Frakeslandia. <laughs> Home of the Frakes! Frakes, no, it's just Frakes Landing. Frakes Landing? <laughs> I like it. Frakes Landing, it, sound, it sounds classier. Our flag is just blank white with the outline of his beard, and that's it. <laughs> yes! Awesome. Yes. So, okay, somebody, somebody, yeah. somebody listening can make that for please us. Make please make us that flag. Yes. Uh, I, we I, also, we, uh, we have 10 minutes left in this conversation. Yeah, 10 minutes left in this yeah. conversation. I would say that I, uh, I'm i not going to declare 2017 the year that graphics being of paramount importance to mainstream games is... I'm not saying this is the year that it died. I'm mm. saying that the final nail has been put in the coffin of graphics being the core like graphical fidelity and graphical advancement being the way you sell games. I think technology. and I think we will see that finally. Bless your heart. You're so wrong. Uh, no, no, cuz I'm so sorry, wrong. 10 million copies of ba- Player Unknown's Battlegrounds is I, not even 4 years. I think I think if you trace the line from Minecraft in 2010 to now and you look at player unknowns battlegrounds and okay, the things okay. that are no, no 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 here's why you're wrong okay i'm going to give you another example i'm going to give you world of warcraft okay whose graphics are ridiculously outdated but they right? weren't at the time like but world yeah. of warcraft mm-hmm. was the best looking mmo in the world yes mm-hmm. in 2004 world of okay. warcraft was coming but on the heels of okay. everquest okay 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 fine we'll even take that one off the table okay the, the games you're mentioning are freaks that's not the typical model that's not call of duty that's not madden that's not gran turismo that's not destiny it these are aberrations like minecraft is just a freak of nature uh is is a freak of nature you can't use those as the examples that prove your rule. But also, look, people are dumb, dude. I, they still have trash taste. So okay, okay, garbage palette. I, I I completely agree. Okay, garbage palettedom reigns. Yes, but if you look at especially like the past twelve months of what is feeding the garbage palette, mm-hmm. it's Grand Theft Auto Five, a game that still looks like it was made in twenty thirteen. It's 
Ghost Recon Wildlands, which runs like buttered shit on a PC, and looks like garbage on your PlayStation 4 and, and your Xbox One. Like, like, the games that are the biggest things in the world right now, in 2017, the things that are selling like hotcakes in 2017 are not even graphically top of the line on the machines that they're on. Coincidence. I don't know. I, I tell think... Me, tell me what all those games have in common. Everything you just mentioned, tell me what they have in common. All those games... Uh, the, the guns? Multi-player. Guns. Multiplayer. Yeah, I, okay. But, like, I, let, follow... If you sit there and you look at the sales charts for consoles this year, in 2017... Sitting right below Ghost Recon and Call of Duty and all those are Breath of the Wild. And Breath of the Wild is, like, it's not just like, oh, it's Zelda. Because that hasn't been true in years okay, and years and okay. years. I, I will, okay. Gre- but Breath of the Wild is a stunning game. It is a visually stunning And that's all, that's all I'm saying. Game. Like, I think, I'm not saying that visuals don't matter. I'm saying that the idea... Of being like, yo, dog, PS Triple is top of the line. Like that we, yeah, we, mindset. No, I, I, okay, mark this day down. Everybody, mark this day down. Whenever the next round of whatever is announced, right? The Xbox One and a half. Well, the right. Xbox but, One X but, comes but that's, out. But that's already happened. No, I, I don't mean the X. I mean the one after the X. Okay. Okay. okay? They will still be whipping out their graphics dicks. And saying, our graphics dick is better than their graphics dick. It will still be part of the marketing message. I don't disagree that it won't. Of course it'll be part of the marketing message. What I'm saying is that the public that used to spend on that, Mm -hmm. like the people that you relied on to come in in year one and year two to just flood your pockets so that year three you can actually have good games. Mm -hmm. I think that that crowd is gone. Or, I or don't, I don't, like, I just, I don't think that that crowd is invested as they were. Like, it's still a crowd, and you still have to cater to those people. Somebody has to be playing Forza, right? And I just, I, I wonder but, if that has to do with the fact that just the gains being made by, you know, like, something like the PS4 Pro, the Xbox One X, or even what the whatever the next PlayStation model is, isn't as big of a leap as it yeah. was between PS2 mm-hmm. and PS3. Or PS1 and, and PS2. I, I, but, and it's harder to coming, see that, so it's harder to sell it. It's, there, and now, it's, something I, I, I will say, and this may be more what you're getting at, mm. I do think that the audience's appreciation yeah. of games is expanding yes. to more than just, this is the newest, prettiest, uh, yeah, what I, have you. I, I guess what I'm really saying is not like, oh, like the graphic whoring like, days... Uh, you know, of old are gone. I feel like we're going back to where games were in terms of like what actually sells, what makes the most money that we were at in the late eighties and early nineties. Like what was killing? It was not, you know, it was not the Neo Geo. Awesome possum. It was awesome. <laughs> it was Arrow the Acrobat. Like it wasn't, it wasn't the Neo Geo. It wasn't the 3DO. Those things were failures. It was the black and white yeah, Tetris. But, but stop, 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 stop. Those machines cost $700. Right. I I agree. I, I, I know I know that cost is a like huge part of that. $700 now right, is too but, expensive for a console. So well, back then. Right. Right. But like, you know. Also uh, had two 3DOs. Thank you. Because I'm an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> gotta get that asshole. mad dog McCree. Gotta get, gotta get that. Amer- personally. 
I was obsessed with that machine. Yeah, it's because it had D. It had D. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're not wrong. Yeah. 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 I, you know, I, I, it, anyway. Yeah, I, I, I think that it's the pat like that this generation that the PlayStation Four happened to be the most powerful console on the market and the most successful for the past four years is that that to me is anomalous, you know, because if you go back, it's it's the underpowered thing that's always going to be the money maker, the Wii, the PlayStation Two, because PlayStation yeah. One. Well, like you know, yeah, you, like Sony, I. I I you know I don't I'm not privy to those conversations, but I I bet you PlayStation Four uh, when they were trying to come up with launch numbers or for the price five hundred dollars was probably gonna be it until Xbox announced their price <laughs> and then they decided you know what yeah yeah they had their brand new Word doc for their E3 presentation yep. just a blank Word doc twenty four point font three ninety nine that was totally the plan so um. Yeah, do you guys think that last question before we wrap this up? Do you guys think that there's going to be a like Switch imitator from Sony or Microsoft? Now that's a t- tricky question. Well, I will say, okay, so gosh, going back 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years, something like that. I used to this is this is back when you could uh could check Craigslist for jobs and not immediately be skeeved out. That's right. <laughs> That's how long ago this is. Uh, I I responded to a, a job which was video game surveys. Mm. It, it was market research for video games, and they paid me in Best Buy gift cards. That's awesome. Yeah. And one of them was about a Microsoft portable console. Hmm. What would you want from it? What, you know... Does what does this look like something that would be playable? But 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 you know what design do you like and all that? And I kept expecting them to come out with a portable Xbox mm-hmm. because they've got the. I guess it turned into the Surface. Yeah. Or they just embar- abandoned that entirely. I feel like if they haven't done it by now, they're not gonna. Yeah, I I genuinely wonder. I think about the PlayStation Five. A lot right now and does sony say to itself do we go back to our arms race and do what we did with the playstation 3 and try to make this top of the line most gorgeous 60 billion k thing mm-hmm. or do we look at what we did with the playstation 2 and 4 and the original which were wildly successful which is take what is respectable not top of the line but like competent and do we say there's clearly an audience still for a devoted gaming device that you can hold in your hands and play on your television and they just embrace it and like and you know because sony sony has had a lot of success with its handhelds i mean the psp was not a huge success in the united states but the rest of the world it did gangbusters and to the point that psp games were made up until not last year, but 2015. They were making yeah, games. Monster for Hunter for that regularly game. sold PSPs until Nintendo snatched that away from them. Yeah. Um, uh, so I wonder if they say, like, screw it. That's where the console market still exists. I would love that. I would love. I, I would love it if this was the shape of consoles in perpetuity from here on out, and you know, leave the high end stuff to everybody with their PC. 
let them buy the weird what, what why are processor names so bizarre why is like uh, well okay you can't okay you can't <laughs> like they do that for for uh Android operating systems, there's like cookies, cookies, donuts, donuts ice cream sandwich, bananas foster. <laughs> I would download that. I would download bananas foster and whatever. Uh, yeah. Everybody, uh, I I will encourage you to download the uh, bananas foster of podcasts, <laughs> which is the continue podcast. If you're not already a subscriber to us, please become a subscriber to us. We do this every two weeks. And if you go to patreon.com slash continuepod, you can get all kinds continue of lovely podcast. things. Uh, continue po- patreon.com oh slash so continuepodcast. Yeah, I'm terrible at it. Uh... Uh, you, you go, you give us money, you get special things, you can read all about it there. And if you give us a certain amount of money, we will start doing this on a weekly basis. Uh, and you will get a personalized thank you which Dave Roberts is going to do for you right now. Yeah, uh, at $10 or more, uh, I'll read your name on the podcast right here. So these are special donors. Uh, we want to say thank you to everyone who uh, who donates to our Patreon, or even just listens. Uh, but I want to give a special shout-out to Ryan Brady, John, Peter, Miko, Rico, Torino, Stormshot, Christopher Martinkovich, Gluttony1 of 7, Francisco Arias Guimaraes, Kaylin Houston, Axel Olsen Mangholt, Tyler Nilsson, Shane Nilsson, Fossey San, uh, Yaddle, Jacob Christos, Chris Punk, Skip Dippity, John Phillips, Tim Chesson, Jose Cordova, Daniel Squire, Tom, Derek Sanskrit KC, and Nick Grugan. Thank you all so much. Thank you all very much. And, uh, if you think that uh, you know a dollar isn't enough, it is. Absolutely. All you can afford is a buck a month. We we will graciously accept it because we are whores <laughs> for your ears. Yeah. We uh, ju- we will take whatever money to put ourselves in your ears. Yes. And uh, because... uh, the five dollar tier gets you access to our Discord, where a bunch of lovely people hang out and we all talk and uh, yell about things that we see on the internet. Okay, but here, but here, okay. So, uh, real talk now, real real talk. Uh, I was having not the best day for work reasons, and I needed to, uh, you know, share those in a place. And the, the problem with wanting to share things on social media is that a lot of my work audiences intersect, mm-hmm. and so you really get to a, a place where it's like, where can I, where can I say this? What is a safe place? And I don't mean safe space in that sense, but where can I say this without there being repercussions? Um, and and that our Discord is really very supportive and uh, and very very helpful, and it's just really good people yeah. who treat each other like decent adult humans and people um, who disagree with each other about things. Yeah, like when we was the last time you disagreed, you saw a disagreement on the internet where people were like, "Yeah, I don't agree with you, but I see where you're coming from." That's oh, awesome. That happens yeah. all the time. It's so good. Yeah, the love um, it really is. The loveliest yeah. people, and they really are. They're just wonderful. Yeah. Uh, the rest of the internet, if you want to find us places, you can find both of these wonderful human beings, Susan Art and Dave Roberts, at genieonline.com. Is there a hyphen in there? There's no. Not. There's no not. We're not it's a website genie's... from 2002, Anthony. <laughs> 
<laughs> Why not? You go to genie underscore online dot com slash oh angelfire. You'll see our nice flash intro. It's not skippable. There's a CG Dave Roberts as a baby dancing in the corner. <laughs> Here's the thing. You're making these jokes, but if you go to most of the sites about magic on the internet, I know. it's actually it's a- what they look like. It's actually what they're like. Uh, Susan, so where else bad. can where everybody find you? Uh... Like I said, you can find me on genieonline.com. Even if you don't think you give a shit about magic, and I totally respect if you think that, check the site out. There's a ton of stuff on there that is interesting no matter what. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter, at Susan Arndt. And uh, I love getting to talk to people there. Yeah. So uh, say hi. Yeah, and you Dave. can find me on Twitter, at uh, David Robots. I'm trying to use it a little less these days. Uh, you can still at me. I'll still talk to you. I love uh, all of my followers and stuff. But uh, trying to trying to lessen my uh, you know awfulness this influx of negativity yeah. and terribleness. Yes. Yeah. So and you know what? I I spent all day like off Twitter. It was so was it good, amazing, guys. It was so good. Like I like I I think I could get my life back. <laughs> uh. Everybody, I Twitter professionally. Uh, I am trapped there. I cannot leave. Uh, <laughs> like, you can like find me machine. on Twitter at a John Agnello. Uh, you can also find me at VentureBeat.com. I actually just ran a review of Golf Story, which I recommend that you go read. And uh, you can find me on the AV Club as well. And if you did not get enough of me ranting with these people audio style... I have another podcast, which is called Video Game Grooves, which is about video game music pressed to vinyl. And I know that sounds like you couldn't get more than one episode out of that for a podcast. You would be surprised. (laughs) Uh, Somehow we're still going. I'm as shocked as you are. And it is very fun. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. And please, if it occurs to you, give us a review on iTunes. Yeah. Just like, be like, because that's how we're going to find out if you want us to do things differently. Like, follow, subscribe. Like, like, follow, follow, subscribe. Like, like, follow, subscribe. Like, like, follow, subscribe. All right. We'll see you in two weeks, everybody. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.